0: previously on Growing Up Gilmore. Who sucks more, Dean or Tristan? You don't want to fight me, Tristan. And he's like, why? And he goes, because I'd kill you, idiot. <laughs> A, my daughter did not come home last yeah, night. Where is scary. she? Yes. And B, my daughter did not come home last night, and my mom is here to witness it. Yeah. Is Date that what you
1: one Sucking...
0: <laughs> Wait, Dean... <laughs> Dean sucked the most yes, this episode won, by yeah. two points. By two
2: points.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Amy. And this is Elise. And we are Growing Up Gilmore. This week, we are tackling Season 1, Episode 10, Forgiveness and Stuff. Last week we had Rory's dance, and the week before was um, love and war and snow. And this week in Minnesota we had a pretty big snowstorm, and even today we have like a nice little snowfall. It feels very Lorelai. Lorelai is here with us. Mm-hmm. And last night we went to this big glow festival, and it was snowing and the lights, and it was beautiful. It was. It was very love Gilmore Snow. Girls. Yes, very Gilmore Girls. So we are feeling inspired today as we tackle this week's episode. If you are joining us for the first time or joining us again, we always start with the writer and director for each episode, and that's kind of our theme as we go through and talk about things. So Elise, who was the director for this episode?
1: Uh, the director is Bethany Rooney. Okay. And Bethany Rooney has directed more than 230 episodes of primetime network television, most recently *Law and Order: Organized Crime*, *Chicago P.D.*, and *Station 19*. Her credits include many critically acclaimed series such as *Desperate Housewives*, *Allie McBeal*, and *Brothers and Sisters*, and the American long-running classics. NCIS and criminal minds. <laughs> you did not write that. No, I didn't. This is her IMDB <laughs> biography and I just read a couple of like the, the beginning sentences of this biography and it go it's a very long. I highly suggest you go and read it because I think Bethany Rooney wrote it herself. I mean, <laughs> and I love her for it. Yeah. But she's directed a total of 3 episodes. Okay. One in season one and two in season seven. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I know. Poor Beth. She also, they didn't include that she also wrote for Parenthood. Okay. Or um, directed for Parenthood, which is also Lauren Graham. Yes. Dawson's Creek. Again. Don't forget Dawson's Creek, people. Pretty Little Liars.
0: I never watched that.
1: Me either, but I, I would though. Mm-hmm. I think I say that about a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So that's Bethany. Okay. Okay. And then the writer is John Stevens, and he's written for Gossip Girl, mm-hmm. The OC.
0: This is the original Gossip Girl, right? Yes. Okay. Uh,
1: correct. Um, the OC and Penny, most recently, Pennyworth, which I've never explored.
0: No, me neither.
1: Um, and he's
0: written a total of eight episodes of Gilmore Girls. Okay. Just generally about this episode, it's a pretty emotional one. Mm-hmm. I would say it's one of the saddest episodes in season one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a little bit more dramatic than what we're used to. Even like reference-wise, as we're going through the references in the episode, it feels very different.
1: Yes, and it almost correlates to the revival to me,
0: mm.
1: where we see a glimpse of, because I was thinking about the revival the other day, and I was like, man, that revival is really dramatic and very, very different from the original mm-hmm. take on Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking if they ever did another revival of the show, I was I was hoping they could find more of a balance of both of those worlds. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I think this this episode really does explore the sadder side, which is good. We get, yeah. it's, it, but I think they do a good job with it. With I it's do not too, too heavy because no. there was almost something a little bit too heavy in the revival for me. Yeah, but this is a good glimpse of doing heavy
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a in a stars hollow way. I completely agree, and this is a great Lorelai and Luke episode. <gasps> it's so don't good. even get me started. Okay, I'll wait. I'll wait, okay? I know, it's so great. Yeah, it's a good one. So, Luke, you son of a bitch. Buckle up, people, (laughs) because we've got a lot of feels about this episode, and I'm excited to just dive in. Mm -hmm, Me too. This week's episode opens up with the Gilmore Girls getting ready for the Christmas pageant at Miss Patty's. There's a lot of chaos, Lorelei is fitting Kirk for his costume. I believe he's playing Jesus. And Rory is trying to take care of getting baby Jesus. Wait, he can't be playing Jesus. Yeah, he's Joseph. He's Joseph. Yes. (laughs) I swear I went to Catholic school. So they're getting ready. Rory is trying to get baby Jesus ready. And she pulls this, like, disgusting doll out of the trunk And she says to Taylor, it's missing an arm again. So clearly this is something that has happened before. She's like, why don't we just get a new doll? Taylor goes on this whole tirade of, this doll has been in the Christmas pageant since 1965. Were you here in 1965? And like basically accuses her of hating tradition. And she never finds the arm. uh, But at the end of the scene, we see that some random dog that we've never seen before, and I believe we'll never see again, has the arm in his mouth. <laughs> A cute little gimmicky joke there. Yeah. Lorelai ends with, oh, it's beginning to look lot like Christmas. Right. I think the major thing though to take away from this scene is that they do establish that there is still tension mm-hmm. between Rory and Lorelei, which is something we talked about. In last week's episode, are they just going to brush over this yeah, and move on? Because I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that's something the show does really well. It feels like it's in real time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because most often when there is a disagreement or a fight on this show, it is not solved in one episode. Unless the argument happens at the beginning of the episode.
1: Yes. Also... I think why I kind of forgot if Rory and Lorelai were still fighting because they quickly established that there's tension because they keep on looking back at each other. Mm-hmm. And it's awkward, Lorelai and Rory. Mm-hmm. As this episode goes on, they immediately just seem like they're fine with each other.
0: Yeah, we don't really ever get to see a resolution between Rory and Lorelai. It just kind of seems like they are talking,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: I guess it shows at a very different they must not be talking as intimately
0: as they usually do. Right, because at the end of this episode yeah. is when they kind of come back together to yeah. how it used to be. But the main tension is between
1: Lorelai and... Emily. Emily, mm-hmm. so... And maybe that just shows a different difference of their dynamic or whatnot. Right. right? Yeah. I think no, that's why I'm I kind agree. of forgot if there was still tension going on between Lorelai and Rory. Right. Because they didn't really seem like there was that much tension besides this back and forth looking at each other.
0: I mean, look at how they usually communicate and then look at how it's going now. Mm -hmm. It's very like short, to the point, not a lot of elaboration. I mean, this episode, as far as pop culture references, there aren't that many. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And part of me thinks that's because Rory and Lorelai are not really communicating. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that makes a big difference with it. Sure, I agree. After the intro, we find ourselves in Stars Hollow with Lane and Rory. Rory was supposed to meet Lane at Luke's and forgot, and Lane finds her at the gazebo. And before we get into the scene, directorially, I really love that the camera kind of moves across; it like pans across. The entire gazebo while they're talking, and it's up. It's looking up at them. Yes, so it's they're it's like above they're from us from the ground. Yeah, and it's like this beautiful panning shot, which I think a lot of times people are afraid to do because of like the pillars on the gazebo. You do mm-hmm. kind of cut off what's happening, but at the same time, because it was a conversation between Lane and Rory, it started with us seeing Rory. And then as it panned, Rory was gone. And when Lane was talking, it was the pillar and then Lane. Mm -hmm. So we were able to focus on what Lane was saying. Mm -hmm. And then once it made it all the way back around, then Rory added to the conversation again. And I thought it was, maybe I'm overanalyzing it, but like timing wise, it was timed perfectly. Mm -hmm. Because you were able then to like put all of your focus on who was on the screen at that time.
1: That's Uh, a fun way to do a conversation. A conversation, especially a show like Gilmore Girls is, if you just have it be stagnant, because it's a lot of conversation.
0: It's all conversation. (laughs) So
1: you kind of feel it does have
0: a theater vibe to it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it does have Uh, to have different blocking and different movement mm-hmm. to keep it from feeling stagnant, as you said, because mm-hmm. conversations can feel very stagnant.
1: Yep. Like what our conversation right now? <laughs>
0: just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> asshole. No, I love it. Anyway, <laughs> but I just, I wanted to appreciate a conversation in the gazebo done yes. that way because yeah. I, don't feel like many conversations in the gazebo go that way. Mm-hmm. I'm glad
1: you picked that out because we do talk about directing and writing. So it's nice to find moments like
0: this to yeah, definitely pick out. Absolutely. They are discussing Rory's gift for Dean. Mm-hmm. She got him a Russian novel. And Lane is like, hold up, girl. You cannot do that. Miss relationship expert. Mm-hmm. Saying He you- gave you a football. Yes. That would be... A sign of this, I think of you as a friend. Right. Because she goes into this whole story about how she wanted to get her mom something nice. So she got her this perfume. And she was like, I was giving my mom perfume as saying, you work Mm -hmm. so hard. You should have something nice. My mom saw it as, you're giving me this stinky sex juice that you (laughs) use to lure boys. And she had to go to Korean Bible camp then because Mm -hmm. of it. She says, gift giving is very serious business. And you have to think about what your gift means before you give it. If you just give him a novel, that's something that you would like to receive. But what is something that he would like to receive from you? I have two things to say. Okay. Lane, I'd be like, Lane,
1: listen to me. I'm lucky if I even get a gift from Dean. B. <laughs>
0: you don't think he'd get her a gift? He gave her a birthday gift.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he didn't get her flowers for the dance. I'm still hung up on I understand. Not getting to the door and opening the door for her or coming up to the door and ringing the doorbell seven times for I understand. So, I just thought maybe he wouldn't You're right. He he probably did get her like A choker necklace with a medallion that he made, Um, which I don't know what that means.
0: (laughs) I was envisioning one of those, like, stretchy choker necklaces (laughs) that are, like, back in style from, like, the 90s. Yeah. Oh, God, I loved
1: choker necklaces
0: so much when I was in the 90s.
1: B, the other thing I wanted to say, this is the only note that I wrote down for this whole episode, (laughs) is um, what would you get, Dean? And I'm asking this in two parts. What gift, if you were Rory, what would you get season one Dean and then season two and beyond
0: Dean if you had to give him a gift? That's a really good question. I think season one Dean, I'd give him those Rocky Road cookies from Suki. That's it? What does that say after Lane's advice? (laughs) I here's the thing I don't think we know enough about Dean because we had talked about Uh this before I thought as messed up as that movie is Mm -hmm. a poster of Rosemary's baby would Mm -hmm. be very funny because that's the first thing he He said said, to her yeah like
1: he got her reference
0: but that movie poster is weird Mm -hmm. and that movie is weird yeah but because I was thinking like
1: I'd get him like a total like guy stereotype movie which like movie poster of, like, Fight Club or Pulp Fiction.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... You're giving him a lot of credit for being cool. But he likes Boogie Nights. He likes Paul Thomas Anderson movies. I mean, I guess... Was Fight Club even out at this point? Now I got to look. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because like I, I you're giving Dean a lot of credit it's like for it's being like 1999. Like a cool guy. Or is
1: it 2000? Uh,
0: 1999. <laughs> so it could have been out. Yeah, it would have been out by now. Oh, he totally loved Fight Club. But do you think he would have read the book or just saw the movie?
1: Well, I mean, not if he was season two, Dean. But season one, probably because he's reading Hunter S. Thompson.
0: Yeah, but He's like, reading
1: Chuck Palahniuk <laughs> if he's reading a book. Definitely,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but season two, Dean, I would give him a, a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, <you're not.
0: laughs> no, 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 no. I think I think when we were talking about this, I said I would give Dean like a, a punch in the face or yep. a swift <laughs> kick in the ass. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's fine. But no, he's not. But yeah. He's, He's a steak well done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like to the point where you can't even enjoy it. You can't get it. your
1: knife in there and like even cut it.
0: Yeah. It's just not a if good situation. There was situation. potential. There was. Okay. So now this brings me to a, this is a little off topic, but on topic, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about it in Rory's dance and knowing what we know now about season two, it feels like they weren't sure where they were going to go with Dean. Mm-hmm. And so we start to see a little bit of Jess in Dean.
1: Yep. We discussed this. Yep.
0: Yeah. And I think as we are talking about this now, it really makes me realize that Rory was trying to make Dean into Jess mm-hmm. and then like manifested Jess for herself for season two mm-hmm. because Cause Jess would have loved the book. A book. Exactly, he would have loved it. Exactly, and he would have got her a book, or you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like I feel like they didn't know what to do with Dean anymore, mm-hmm. because we really don't know that much about Dean, realistically. Yeah. So that's why I'm
1: like. He Yeah. Know. He's 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 still waiting. He's still in these waters of. Lane's talking about giving you a football. So we can see that he is into sports, then, Mm -hmm. obviously, if Lane brings up the football. Yeah. Not that you can't be multidimensional with things that you like. That's awesome. I hope people like football and, you know, awesome artistic movies.
2: But
0: the balancing act with Dean isn't quite there. It's not consistent.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, something's a little off. It has to be the writing.
1: It is. And then also to what to say about this scene to get back to the yes. juxtaposition of the scene, isn't it weird that Rory isn't excited to like pick out a gift for him?
0: Yeah, because now pin, she's like, it's just kind of like, I don't know what to do now that you're telling me I shouldn't get this book.
1: Yeah, she just—it's uh, weird to me because she's like, I'm getting my Christmas shopping out of the way. I got Suki. A fuzzy or a... Kitchen timer. A that kitchen, moves. a moose, yes. Yeah. Um, so it's like she just kind of listed like, all oh, these are the people and the stuff that I got them that it wasn't more exciting to be like, guess what I got Dean? Mm-hmm. And like put a lot of thought of in it. Because I think when you really like someone, you get so excited to like pick out their gift.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, we have to remember this is her first boyfriend. So? That's not an excuse, Rory. mm. Mm-hmm. I married someone that on our first holiday together he gave me The Fault in Our Stars on DVD what and I was the like hell is that? That's a movie about two people with cancer who oh, fall Jesus. in love. Wait, and, yeah. with, who
1: is that? Is that the guy from
0: it's Riverdale? Not, nope, it's oh. the guy from Baby Driver, Ansel Eggert or whatever. Okay. And then um Shailene Woodley yeah, that's based on a book by John Green.
1: Okay, and I kind of remember vaguely. He also
0: gave that's me that's
1: like a weird gift. <laughs> he,
0: Sorry. At that same holiday, he gave me Without a Paddle, which is oh my god, Nick Offerman's book. And I was like,
1: Oh, that's cool,
0: it was so weird. And I was like, Oh my god, does he even know me? <laughs> I, but that's kind of a guy thing though. No, it is, I totally. don't think. It, a guy
1: has ever given me a gift where I'm like, wow, you get it. It's almost like that thing in eternal sunshine of a spotless mind when she's like, gets this neck, this piece of jewelry. And she's like, what? No, no one's no guy's ever given me a gift that right. I actually or piece of jewelry that I actually liked. Right. Yeah. So I think that I think like if a girl is what I'm saying is that like maybe that just comes down to what I'm saying when I said a couple episodes ago where Robert where he doesn't seem like she's a super relationship be kind of girl.
2: Mm-hmm. And this well, is coming out. Well, yeah, and out. like
0: we also have to remember, this is the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Gender norms are still very real, Uh-huh. and they are still very like relevant today. I'm um, sure, which is ridiculous, but that's a topic for a different day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But they really do play into gender norms here. Oh, sure. So I think,
1: I think that she you're you're probably right. I don't think that's a big that big of a deal that she picked out a book for him. I think that she. Just thinks that oh I like this guy and he likes me and mm-hmm. she's gonna be into this book mm-hmm. um, exactly yeah yeah and she's ma- just sitting there manifesting Jess like we all are oh yeah I, I mean I'm really
0: manifesting Jess at this point it was getting boring <laughs> okay <laughs> I remember being like eleven years old watching this and being like this is this is nice but.
1: I need something else. I need some spice. It's almost like, and I don't want to get too far into this because I know people have not watched Dawson's Creek. But when Dawson's Creek started, Dawson was the main character, right? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: they really wanted Joey, the girl next door, his best friend, to be with Dawson.
0: Was that Kate? Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, okay. And it just was weird. Well, that makes me think of um, The Office. Where it's like they set up this whole thing with Jim and Pam. Like, will they, won't they? And it Uh goes on for seasons. It's like Luke and Lorelai. Yeah. Like, we're sitting here waiting for
1: them. That's very Luke and Lorelai. Like. But, like, with Dawson's Creek, it was the, Pacey is Dawson's best friend. And Pacey and Joey, which is Katie Holmes, don't like each other. Mm. But then like season three comes along and they start liking each other and it gets so spicy. It's kind of like that element with Jess and Rory where you need that spice of like, this is kind of wrong, but so right.
0: Oh, it's wrong, but it feels so right.
1: I mean, yeah. And I don't even think Rory and Jess are that wrong, but like she's already with Dean is what makes it kind of, Mm -hmm. and he's like the trouble boy or whatever, Jess.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The wrong side of the
0: tracks. Anyway, we really derailed this scene, but you know what? Go watch Dawson's Creek, too. Okay, but first, like, watch Gilmore Girls. (laughs) (laughs) Any scene that opens with Michelle sets, like, the standard for the scene. Mm -hmm. And this next scene starts with Michelle observing one of the inn workers putting the ornaments on, and he's very particular about where ornaments are going and what needs to be moved where. And I appreciate that about him. You know who we haven't seen? Who? In
1: a very long time. Drella? Yeah. I know. And we do see her again because she plays the harp when Christopher comes back. Because Christopher actually makes a joke that I laugh at.
0: No, I, I actually noticed that. Like two episodes ago, mm-hmm. I think. I was like, oh, yeah. no more drella. Nope. So he's helping get the tree all situated. And then it cuts to the phone ringing. Lorelai answers. And it's Emily calling about the schedule of the annual Christmas dinner party that she holds. And she says cocktails are at 6 And dinner is at 7. And Lorelai says, I'm not going to be able to make it to cocktails because I have to work. And it basically ends with Emily saying, don't come then. And you can tell immediately that Lorelai is completely caught off guard by that. Mm -hmm. Because then she starts rambling like, I had... The German measles. My face matched my polka dotted dress and I had to sit through 12 courses. What do you mean I don't need to come? And Emily says, I'm not happy with you and you're not happy with me. So it's probably better that you're just not there. This is where you can
1: see you have two great
0: actors Mm -hmm. working Mm -hmm. a scene because
1: they're saying they're doing all the work, what is happening in between the lines. It's that show, not tell. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Because... It's extreme for Emily to be like, fine, don't come. But I think that Emily calling Lorelai to tell her when the party is starting is her way of giving an olive branch to get past this fight that they had. Yes. When Lorelai is like, you know what? Um, I can't be there at 6 o'clock for appetizers. I'm going to have to come late later because I can't get off of work. Emily is so smart because she knows Lorelai can get off and be there for cocktail hour Mm -hmm. because she's done it before in the past. So she's too quick. You can't pull stuff like that on Emily. So she reacts to it and was like, fine, you're you're not going to let this fight go either. So I can play. I can play harder Mm -hmm. and just don't come, which is completely immature. And we can see where Lorelai's grudges come from. Oh, yeah. Is from Emily.
0: Mm -hmm. And you can hear it in Emily's voice that she's upset. Yeah. It sounds like she wants to cry, honestly. It's like, Lorelai, just go. Right. Because we see that she could have been there in the next scene. She's home as Rory is leaving. Mm -hmm. So it's like Lorelai saying, I can't be there for cocktails is kind of like Lorelai saying, Mm -hmm. I will come, but on my own.
1: Yep. And I'm still mad about this fight. Mm-hmm. where Emily was like ready to give it up, I think, even though it was stern how she was talking to her. But mm-hmm. yeah, what a great scene without... And
0: still, it's, so, it's, it's such a quick scene. It is a quick scene, but it tells us so much about what's going on because mm-hmm. I'm sure Lorelai and Emily have not spoken since the dance. So this because, is like, like L- all festering Emily now.
1: even says, you know, the way you spoke to me the last time I saw you was just... Unforgivable. Mm-hmm. So she's I, still
0: mad. She's still mad, and I'm sure she's still upset with how Lorelai handled the situation. Lorelai is still upset that she got busted, and so it's a it's a pride thing for mm-hmm. both of them. For me, it's that situation where you finally realize your parents are not perfect, mm-hmm. and. I think Lorelai realized that a long time ago, obviously, but I think there's like this air of, I want to protect Rory from realizing that her grandparents aren't perfect and that Lorelai is not
1: perfect. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to, yes, I think that she knows that they're not perfect, but it's a good that this is happening because we remember why Lorelai didn't have a relationship with them for so long. Because I mean, she kind of has to be in the situation for Rory. Because Mm -hmm. they're paying for the school. But if this wasn't, if they weren't paying for Rory's school, would she just cut Emily off like she did before?
0: I think they would strictly only see them on holidays. I don't think Emily would have even been there the night of the dance. Exactly. You know, like I think because she's more involved now, the tension is going to be higher.
1: Yeah, it's very toxic. And Mm -hmm. I can understand why they both. I don't know that why Lorelai doesn't want her in her life in a way because it's just not healthy to communicate this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think and it I- comes
1: from both of them. It's not just falling on Lorelai's shoulders. Right,
0: right. Well, and I think this brings us back to Love and War and Snow when they're looking at that photo album, and it becomes very clear that everyone is aware that because Rory exists, she is the cause of all of this tension, mm-hmm. and they love Rory, but at the same time, they missed out on a lot with Lorelai because she got pregnant so young, and it's like this juxtaposition of, we love you, Rory, you are everything to us, but we missed out on so much with our daughter because you were born, mm-hmm. and it's like this weird, like catch twenty two. Yeah, and I think they do a great job of reminding us of that tension throughout the series, mm-hmm. but also showing us that like you can embrace that these things happen and move forward from them. Well, but that's just life. That's exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just life. The show
1: is showing us life. You can, I mean, a 5-year year, a 5-year plan or your rest of your life plan is great, but mm-hmm. life happens.
0: Yes. It's like that John Lennon quote, life happens when you're busy making other plans. And it's just, it's funny to say that it's realistic, but I know we've said before, this show moves so slowly that it feels like we are growing up with them, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: which is why the title of our podcast is Growing Up Gilmore, Mm -hmm. mainly because I quite literally grew up with yeah. the Gilmore girls and because you grow up with them you grow up with them
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's different every time you watch it you realize different things about these characters and even the
1: revival in like i didn't mean to t- trash talk it um previously cuz i do like the revival yeah but you are it is growing into something different
0: mhm mhm It has to. Mm -hmm. It has to evolve. We all have to evolve. Yeah. This show just does it at a slower pace, which is why I don't think it's for everyone. Like Mm -hmm. people that want like that immediate, like fast action, you know, drama, whatever. You're not going to want to watch this show. Mm -hmm. This show is like a sip of coffee. Yep. Not a shot of alcohol, you know? It just has like a different vibe to it. It does. We really derailed it. If it was a shot of alcohol, I would say it's Bailey's. Yeah. It's like a hot toddy or something, you know, like a, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just different. And Mm -hmm. I think if you can embrace it for being different, you'll love it.
1: Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that there's a lot going on in the scene. That's not
0: even being said. It's just... You pick it up through the dialogue. You pick it up through Lauren Graham's physicality and even um, Kelly Bishop's physicality.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like when she says, I'm not very happy with you. Oh. I'm like, oh, don't be unhappy with me, Emily. I know, but God, she's such an icon. <laughs> but yeah, so I think... We have now established like what this episode is going to be surrounded by. Mm -hmm. It's this tension that is still built up, that is still there. And how is it going to resolve itself? Mm -hmm. It's funny how we were just discussing the conversation between Emily and Lorelai saying a lot without saying anything really at all. Mm -hmm. And then we switch to a scene back at, Lorelai and Rory's home, and Rory just hits her right away with, I think you're being immature.
1: Lorelai's sitting on the couch, flipping through channels, bored, Mm -hmm. bitter. Yep. That's basically every night of my life. Oh, my God.
0: Whatever. (laughs) No, but, yeah, she's feeling bad for herself. Yeah, she's probably feeling very rejected and very, like, what did we say before? The black... The sheep. black sheep, yeah. Yep. She has turned herself into the black sheep officially Again, now. yep. Mm-hmm. And Rory's like, I think you should still come.
1: Because she wants to come. Yes. She's pouting. Yeah. You know when you do those things and you're just like, you know you're just being ridiculous? hmm That's every day of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's me when I'm flipping through channels better. Yeah. But yeah, no, she... Rory's like, has to be the mature one
0: again. Mm-hmm. The sensible one, as Lorelai She's like, just say. come, Mom. I know you want to come. You want those apple tarts. It's like you're acting really immature, and Lorelai says, I'm not acting. <laughs> At least she can admit it. I know. It's just I empathize with Lorelai because I understand <laughs> what it feels like to be so stupidly stubborn. You and are like, very stubborn. Yeah, and... I feel like once you've burned a bridge, it's very hard for me to build it back. Mm-hmm. I'm usually the one that lights the match, though, mm-hmm. to burn it. And yeah, And I turn back absolutely. and I like, watch
1: it burn, and I'm like, thank God.
0: Yeah, you're like that meme of that girl, that little girl standing in front of the house that's just on fire. Have you seen that? No. I'm going to post that on our Instagram so <laughs> people know what I'm talking about. It is, like, very that mm-hmm. for me. But I think... Though I don't think that she is gone
1: to that point yet. No, though. she
0: hasn't. I think she's just adding this like a tally mark to like her reasons to be upset with her parents mm-hmm. or and she her wants, mom. And
1: she wants to go though. She wants to go. hmm
0: hmm And I think we learn a lot about how being that stubborn can really bite you in the ass mm-hmm. in this episode. We see that. Yep back to the Lorelai Gilmore pity party. <laughs> we see her trying to figure out where her pizza order is and there's been an accident with the van breaking down and now she has to wait for Joe to show up on his Razor scooter with her pizza. And I'm like, what a like early 2000s thing, a mm-hmm. Razor scooter. <laughs> and decides, "All right, fine. I'll just eat my salad out of a bag while I wait for my pizza, which I love that she does this. Like I should do this, but I don't. And just opens up a bag of lettuce, pours the dressing in, closes the bag, shakes it up and just digs in. As she is eating her salad, she hears like this knock on the window. Of Rory's bedroom. Of Rory's bedroom. And she was like, did I just hear that? And then she Mm -hmm. hears it again. She goes into Rory's bedroom, and lo and behold, our favorite person in the world is at the window, Dean. And this dumbass is knocking on Rory's bedroom
1: window probably at 6 30. It's probably six thirty or seven at this time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: her lights off. Right. Like if you don't see the lights on in her room, why would you knock? Why do you think she's like a seven year old woman in bed at seven, Dean?
0: I don't yeah. <laughs> Lorelei like snaps up the window blinds and opens the window and they have this back and forth. And the beginning of this conversation feels a lot better than their last conversation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have like that weird sexual tension in the beginning. Yeah. And he says, like, I need you to believe that nothing happened between Rory and I. And she explains, you know, I was Rory's age when I got pregnant with Rory. So I know what's going on. I know what could happen.
1: And I'm not happy
0: with you for not getting her home on time. Yeah. Even
1: though I know it's an accident,
0: but. Yeah, because he says, we just fell asleep reading a book. And she says, pick a more interesting book next time. I think she knows nothing happened. But at the same time, she is still very on guard. And understandably so. Like, if you get pregnant at 16, you know that someday your own child will be 16. And I'm sure that anxiety, like, heightens. Mm -hmm. And she says she wants to go to Harvard. And Dean says she will go to Harvard. And if she doesn't, it's not going to be because of me. Mm -hmm. So they're, like, on this mutual thing. And he goes to walk away. And she says... Something about... She's like, I don't hate you. Mm Mm-hmm. And he turns around, and And, this is when the conversation vibe changes. Because the way he looks at her, and he goes, oh, yeah? Because he's standing up. Mm -hmm. And then he, like, leans back down under the window. And it's in his eyes, the way he, like, looks up and down Mm -hmm. tells me the vibe is changing here. Yeah. (laughs) And we go back to that, like, weird sexual tension that... It gives me major ick vibes. I know. I don't like it. And he's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, I did imagine how I would kill you or whatever. And he's like, well, what was your favorite way? Favorite way. (laughs) And he says, no. Or she says with a dull hedge clippers. And he goes, oh, yeah, because you wouldn't want it to happen fast. Oh, Jesus. No,
1: Dean, Stop. (laughs) So, It's like more, that's what's weird to me, because I don't see him
0: talk to Rory that way. No. Nope, I agree. And I don't know if that is just, I think, Lauren Graham and Jared Paladecki or whatever. I don't know. As the director, I'd be like, guys, we need to talk about something
1: real quick here. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe they kind of do want that a little bit. Maybe they did get that as a direction note or... Written somehow that they want to establish that Lorelai has this, that she's younger. Mm -hmm. It's not right, though, because he's a high school
0: student. What I think they were doing is saying, look at how approachable Lorelai is. Like, look at how comfortable Dean can be coming to talk to her. Mm -hmm. Not like them flirting. And I think it just kind of backfired. On them
2: because
0: mm-hmm. I think they're what they're trying to show us is that they can be on a similar playing field when they're talking to each other. But I think because Jared Dean was not much of an actor prior to this. I think he's kind of relying on how he knows to converse with people.
2: Like in or real attractive
0: life, women. Or attractive women, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just a different vibe, perhaps, you know, where, like, mm. Lauren Graham is a lot more adverse in acting and being in front of a camera and whatever. Because mm-hmm. this scene, I get more of it from Dean than I do from Lorelei. Yeah. So- and I,
1: and she does play it a little bit into it, but I feel like it's, you can, Dean almost brings out her teenage girl nature that is still very much living in
0: Lorelai, her delayed maturity. Yeah, her delayed yeah, maturity. I and agree. my delayed response. But I think that's a really good point. I'm sure talking to a boy through a window would change your maturity a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think she doesn't want, and she has this inner fight in her where she wants to be like, I'm laying down the law, but I don't want to be like my mother either. Mm
0: hmm. You know, I want yeah. to be the cool
1: mom. Mm-hmm. I'm the cool mom. You know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Rory has arrived to her grandparents' Christmas party, and makes it very clear right away that she wants to make things right. She wants to make amends between Emily and Lorelai, and tries to blame their fight on her and take the bl- like take the blame mm-hmm. for what happened. And Emily says, I'm not mad at anyone. This is a party. Your mother should have taught you. This is not how you act at a party. And I, I understand Rory wanting to fix things because I think she does believe she can fix situations and people mm-hmm. to be a certain way. And it's a struggle for her in this scene because she can't, I'm sorry, you cannot come up against Emily Gilmore, and tell Emily Gilmore how to live her life. No, it's not going to work. <laughs> she couldn't do it with her own mother, yeah. who was raised by the Emily Gilmore. And it's very clear at the party that people are disappointed that lorelei is not there. Yeah, all the other guests, like uh, Richard's business associates. Mm-hmm. And Richard, we should mention, is pretty fired up about work already. He's like mid discussion with one of his colleagues and Emily breaks it up. And I love how Richard's demeanor immediately changes
2: Mm -hmm.
0: when he sees Rory. It's like, Oh Rory. And he he didn't even know that Lorelai wasn't coming. I think says a lot because Emily was not about to tell Richard that Lorelai wasn't Mm -hmm. coming. And his, the guy that he's talking to, I just got to mention
1: this really fun. It's so funny to me, but he's talking to this business associate And he's like, where's your mother? By the apple tarts, no doubt.
0: Yeah, she goes on and on about (laughs) these stupid apple tarts.
1: You can tell that, like, he just thinks that she's a kick,
0: you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Emily says she had to work late. Mm -hmm. In this scene, she says, oh, she had to work. She couldn't make it. And And, Rory kind of looks at her like, what? She's not at work. Yeah. So clearly she sees these two women being stubborn and is like, Are you kidding me? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Get with the program people. But I feel like I'm so sick of your guys's drama. I know. Yeah. I don't know. So we can see that there's tension there and that Emily's just trying to ignore it for now mm-hmm. and like have a a, a decent evening. And she tells Rory, we're not talking about this fight, not at a party. Yep, this is Mm -hmm. not the avenue for this conversation. Mm -hmm. And, like, gives her a drink and says, give this to whatever her name is. Mm Mm-hmm. And Rory's like, all right, I guess we're not going to talk about it then. But how funny to be like 15, 16 at this party filled with like your grandpa's business associates. Like, what are you going to contribute to the I know. conversation? That's what I
1: thought, too. I'm like, she probably's like, dang, I want my mom here so we can laugh at these people. Or I know. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an, it going to be an interesting dynamic. And I think it's funny that people were hoping Lorelei would be there and she's not. Mm-hmm. And I think that upsets Emily too. Yeah. After Dean's departure from the Gilmore residence, Lorelei is inspired to get out of the house and she decides, okay, I'm going to go to Luke's. She sits down, Luke pours a cup of coffee, he goes, where's Rory, is she on a date? And she says, no. And he goes, okay, good, so you forbid her from seeing the bag boy. She says, I don't want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And he says, just tell me you forbid her from seeing the bag boy. And they get into this, like, back and forth argument. And this is one of the scenes where, just like on Rory's birthday, we see that Luke genuinely cares about Rory. Mm-hmm. In, like, the sweetest way. He doesn't want her to be getting sucked up into this relationship. He says Dean is trouble and goes on and on and on. Do you think there is... Because during Kiss and Tell,
1: he seemed not... Like, he was like, give him a chance, Lorelai. He didn't seem all hot and bothered by this. Mm -hmm. And even Lorelai's like, hey, I thought you were, like, fine with it
0: not that long ago.
1: Right, right. Do you think some of this is him upset about Max and Lorelai's
0: date? Him. Uh, very well could be because we didn't really see much of him and we didn't see him in Rory's dance at all. Mm-mm. So the last time we saw Luke was when there was this. Sn- Snow and hmm yeah.
1: mm-hmm. Love Warren Snow. So I feel like he's I don't know. I feel like some of this is like him saying Max is trouble more so
0: than Dean. But I don't know. I mean, he very well probably means both. Or I think it's a projection thing though. I think yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. Cuz and he seems more grumpy to
1: her than normal. Mhm. He's already kind of like swinging punches
0: at her a little bit. Not like a mean, but it's more like he's di- short with her. Yeah. Because she says, she explains that she got uninvited to her parents' Christmas party. And instead of apologizing to her or like showing empathy towards her, he's like, Well, who celebrates Christmas two weeks early? <laughs> and then she says, Don't you have anything festive on the menu? And he's like, Well, I got some gray poupon. It's French. And then she says, Well, I'd like to see the menu. And as she's looking at the menu, he's like, It's not in Japanese.
2: Oh, gosh. And
0: she ends up just getting a burger like she usually does. And Mm -hmm. he knew she would. But there's zero empathy in this situation. So I'm sure part of it is, why are you with Max? And the other part of it is, why are you letting your daughter be with this guy? Everything's spiraling out of control because Mm -hmm. you're all involved with this fancy dresser man that I saw you
1: walking down the street with.
0: Well, yeah. And like we talked about in Love and Warren Snow... I really do believe that Luke has a lot of insecurity around mm-hmm. his intelligence and who he is. Not that it's valid insecurities because mm-hmm. Luke is very intelligent and very aware. But I think and successful, he has his own business. right. That's like the American dream basically. Right. So it's it's interesting to see like this insecure, jealous side of him. Because you don't want to see that side of Luke. Because you're like, what are you doing to yourself? Mm -hmm. But then he has these moments where he softens up again. Well, like, think of it this way. Luke has always lived in that town. So Mm -hmm. if you
1: knew you had potential, and I think he knows he has potential, and then you just never left. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, it's like with, I do this all the time. I think most people do this all the time you just focus on the worst and it's so hard to see like the, the good and positive things you've mm-hmm. done if you haven't lived up to what you exactly wanted or you thought you could do
0: mhm well even like speaking to this podcast we've had setbacks we've had successes and it's a lot easier for us to focus on the setbacks rather than being excited about the growth and the change and Mm-hmm. The improvements that we've made are grown, even over 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. So, like, I see that element of it too. And it's a very realistic thing to have insecurities about who you are or what you do. And I think his father was so well loved in Stars Hollow. And Luca's not really well loved. Mm-hmm. People love mm-hmm. his restaurant, but they do not that- love his attitude.
1: Yeah. And I, and the woman that he's... I think he's so crazy in love with Lorelai that...
0: Anytime she's with someone else, he's a different person.
1: hmm Yeah. He thinks, well, if I had all my... If I would have lived up to who I think is a better person than me, um, I was more successful, or I went to a fancy college, or... Mm-hmm. You know, I had a house or whatever mentality he has, he thinks that I would have the woman that I'm in love with. I mm-hmm. think that is his underlying story thing that we don't really get to see much. I but think, I think so it's, too. it's
0: planted in him.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's why the audience roots for him. He is the underdog
0: out of all of the men that she dates. He is the underdog. Mm-hmm. He does not come from this posh life that all of these other men come from. Mm-hmm. I mean, Max Medina teaches at Chilton. Christopher has a very well-paying job. And and the parents love him. Yep. Yeah. And then Jason, he comes from a very yeah. wealthy family. Mm-hmm. Luke is the underdog. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he sees, like, all of these people that she dates coming from this other world that she says she hates and dates all of these men from that yeah. world. And he's like... Well, I can't compete with that.
1: Mm-hmm. And he, I think she just drives him crazy in so many different levels. Mm-hmm. Like, physically crazy, I want to be with you, but also, like, you drive me crazy because I don't understand you. Because, like, even in this scene, she says something about, you think I'm crazy or I'm crazy. And then he says, you are crazy. He confirms it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just I don't think know. we get to see. They have this great back and forth.
1: Yeah, and I really. talked about that I lot, feel the but. tension
0: in this scene. Mm-hmm. I feel like
1: he's up in arms about Dean, but not really. It's really more like it has something to do with Lorelai in a mm-hmm. way. Absolutely. Um, because, yeah, we do get to see that he doesn't like Dean later on. But I think he's, well, you know what? I mean, he probably is pretty upset because he heard that she fell asleep with him. Mm-hmm. So he probably is pretty upset about that. I don't know if all of what I'm saying is correct now. <laughs> because I just remembered he probably heard that she fell asleep with the bad boy. And now he sees him at, now he sees him as the bad boy.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Now he sees him as the bad boy. Instead of like, this is a young man that could be potentially good for Rory. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's probably a lot of that too.
0: So I don't know if what all I said was even... No, I don't discredit what you said because I do think you're on the right track. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Back at the annual Christmas party, we are sitting and enjoying dinner with them and Richard is still very upset about this colleague and he cannot let it go. And they're like just roasting this man back and forth. And finally, Emily says, that's enough. This is not appropriate conversation in front of a young lady Which then turns into, where's your mother? We miss her. Tell her that we enjoy her company. And Emily gets kind of caught in a lie because she says, oh, well, she wasn't feeling well, so I told her not to come. And someone said, I thought you said she had to work. And she goes, oh, no, she had a touch of the flu, so she couldn't work, and I told her not to come. And Rory's like, are we really going to do this all night long? Yeah, Uh, the scene kind of takes a shift when Richard starts to say it's feeling hot in there and he's undoing his tie. Emily gets all up in arms about him loosening his tie at the dinner table. And they're kind of talking about how fun Lorelai is and how they look forward to her company every year. And Emily gets up from the table partially because She doesn't want Richard messing with a thermostat, but I also think she gets up from the table to excuse herself from listening to how great her daughter is. Mm -hmm. And that's where the scene ends.
1: Yeah, it must be pretty hard for Emily to hear this right now that your guest
0: thinks she's so funny. And And almost that they're like disappointed that she didn't come. Like she's the entertainment for the evening.
1: And it's funny that... Emily doesn't see that in her daughter. Like, she can't enjoy her daughter that way. She doesn't enjoy Lorelai's sense of humor, probably because it's like she's a lot of times making fun of her her family or whatever. Right. yeah. So, but I don't know. Emily doesn't like this. No, no. She's <laughs> clearly very frustrated. And Richard can never just have fun. He's got to, like, talk about business at a hol- his, you know, holiday
0: party. Mm-hmm. We don't really see him let loose and have fun until season two. Yeah. He becomes more well-rounded of a character. hmm The infamous Santa Burger greets us as we start this next scene. And Lorelai says, you made me a Santa Burger? And he goes, well, you wanted something festive. <laughs> and she's like, no one's ever made something quite this disgusting for me before. <laughs> as they are talking about the wonderful santa burger, taylor dozy comes in with his car- group of carolers and says, "We'll sing anything you want." And Luke realizes it's because they want free hot chocolate. And he goes, "I'll tell you what you can do. You can pay for your hot chocolate, sing your- and then go sing for your marshmallow somewhere else." Just to like Reignite the grumpy old man part of Luke, mm-hmm. and as this conversation between Taylor and Luke is happening, Lorelai is listening to her voicemail because she got a phone call and missed it because Luke was telling her to take the phone call outside. Mm-hmm. As she's listening to the voicemail, she starts panicking and she's like, "Oh my god!" And immediately, Luke stops the conversation with Taylor, looks at her, and says, "What's going on?" She says, my my father's in the hospital and I need to get to Hartford. And she doesn't have her car because Rory took it. She's like, I need a cab. She starts freaking out because she can't remember the number for the cab. And Luke is like, I will take you. Just calm down. I will take you. And she's like, but you have food and the carolers and all of this stuff going on. And he tells everyone they're closing. The food is on him. And he's going to take her. He probably lost out on a lot of money doing that. Mm -hmm. But he does not care. He probably has so much money in the bank. Yeah. He never spends his money. That's also true. (laughs) And he takes her through the back to get to his truck so they can go to the hospital. And what a gesture. I
1: know. I can't even talk about... How this makes me feel inside.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He just closes up his shop. Just drops everything for her. Yep. Mm -hmm. What an amazing person. Absolutely. It takes a lot for me to drop everything for someone. Mm. That's not true, actually. I retract that statement. It depends on the person. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. But I think it's...
1: yeah you he's a tough cookie like because you can even see the the difference between him and her and dosi coming in there and he's he's annoyed he's like i'm not giving
0: you free cocoa but he'll pay for
1: everybody's meals because
0: lorelei needs something yep Mm -hmm. and i don't think he would have done that for anybody no This week for the recipe, we made the disgustingly thoughtful Santa burger. Festive. Festive. Santa burger. Yes. My husband actually made it, not us. He even dressed up as Luke to make the burger <laughs> with a backwards baseball cap as well. Um, he used Christy Carlson's hamburger recipe with all the spices and different ways that she made it and then he followed the Santa Burger recipe. And in Christy Carlson's cookbook, she does say the Santa Burger is more of a gesture than a meal. But we had to try it. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that we were starving really played into its favor because <laughs> we were hungry. I'm super hungry. <laughs> um, I would say just rating the burger patty from that recipe, I would give it like a three out of five stars. Hollows, I do think it needed a little more flavor.
1: Mm. I give it, I give it a two. Oh, a two? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean it's. I think because I had the sour, I I can't even like distinguish the burger patty away from the
0: sour cream and. Well, no, I'm just speaking because. We also had a burger made out of, you know? Sure. It was fine. Yeah. The Santa burger itself was weird. And it's strange because in the episode, he says it's cream cheese, but Christy Carlson's recipe calls for sour cream. And we did the sour cream. We didn't go the cream cheese route. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't awful, I guess.
1: No. I mean, I would never be like actively putting sour cream on my cheeseburger.
0: I would if it was like a Mexican burger.
1: But like the sour cream would almost need like a taco seasoning to the... To
0: well, the it would need more flavor, yes. Like,
1: I mean, but... I mean, I just feel like cream cheese, or not cream cheese with sour cream on there plain is weird. Okay, well, to and each I, their own. Yeah,
0: and well... <laughs> <laughs> Overall... <laughs> Festive wise, I would give the Santa burger five out of five stars. Hollows, taste wise, I would give it like a two and a half out of five stars. Hollows. Yeah. (laughs) Like festive
1: wise, I guess I give it a five. Yeah. Um, I've never been a big supporter of Santa. I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) Um, Santa's fine, I guess. But taste wise, I give it a two.
0: Okay.
1: I, I wouldn't, that's all I got to say about that. But okay, I like Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that.
0: We immediately cut to Luke and Lorelai in his truck driving there. And Lorelai is complaining about how slow he is driving. And clearly it's from a place of anxiety. She's getting worried. She's frantic that- Something more has happened. She listens to the voicemail again and Luke says, you've listened to it like seven times. I've heard it twice. The message has not changed. And she's like, she didn't leave any details. All she said was grandpa's in the hospital. Please come. Who taught her how to leave a voicemail like that? Luke says, everything is fine. She goes, what if he's dead? He says, he's not dead. And then she kind of goes into like this guilt spree. My father is a really good man. And he was a, a numbers guy. He lived his life well. He did nice things for his family. And all he wanted was a daughter to put on white dresses and go to Cotillion mm-hmm. and, and do something with her life. What a disappointment I must have been as a daughter.
1: Yep. Because I feel like she thinks that, you know, like I complain about my parents. But my dad did his role. Mm-hmm. He provided for my mom and got you worked really hard and got us a house and he was a father to me. and I couldn't fulfill my role as a daughter. But
0: I she, didn't live up to his expectations. Right. But she says that he didn't live up to her expectations of being a father either.
1: It, her expectations. right. But she's saying that almost like her expectations are wrong. Right. right? I agree. And I don't and she think she wanted her, she just wanted Barbie, but he wanted her to be, you
0: know, sensible or whatever. Mm-hmm. He wanted to shape her into someone that could grow up in that mm-hmm. society. I think she felt that as an absence more than as a support system. Mm-hmm. And I think she's realizing that and saying to herself, I was a horrible daughter because I did not. Just do what he asked of me or what I knew he wanted of me. Mm -hmm. I had to be, you know, different. I had to push the boundaries. I had to fight with my mom. I had to do all of these things that essentially make me a disappointment. And not once did Richard ever say he was disappointed. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But I mean, like this whole season so far has been Richard has still been pretty cold to Mm Lorelai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is kind of the breaking point of, of that um, situation because we see a lot of fighting between Emily and Lorelai. She doesn't seem very upset about not meeting her mother's ex- expectations, but she seems pretty upset now. Yep,
0: absolutely. Which uh, makes and she's been me, holding it
1: back. She's been holding those feelings back. Which makes me
0: think, if the situation were reversed, what would Lorelai say about Emily? And we do see Emily reflect on that later, too. Mm -hmm.
1: I think it would be similar. I do, too. I think it would be very similar.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Because death puts things in perspective. It's a wake-up call. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we see them having this conversation. Luke says, it's hard to imagine you being a disappointment to anyone. God damn it, Luke. I know. (laughs) And he decides at that point he's going to speed up to get them to the hospital faster. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a sweet and genuine moment between the two of them. And
1: I love when Lorelai says to him, you know, you'd make a great dad. I know. And he
0: says, you make a great mom. Yeah, you do make a great mom. Yeah. It's a really genuine compliment that goes Further than this moment, and
1: I feel like I don't know if this is just me, but I feel like that's almost like something someone says or thinks to themselves about if you like like someone, mm-hmm. and you think, oh, I bet they'd make a, a good dad. Oh, you absolutely. know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you can if just if you
0: want children, that is something you look you for. consider mm-hmm. absolutely. So I think it it says a lot that she says that about Luke.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel there is only. Two words I can say to introduce this next scene. Jane Lynch. <laughs> I love Jane Lynch so much. And I don't, I don't even think I realized it was her until probably one of my rewatches in college because I was watching Glee at the mm-hmm. same time. So this had to have been before Jane Lynch was Jane Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yes, totally. Jane Lynch is a comedic genius. She's wonderful. It's just, she elates me. Yes. (laughs) I feel
0: elated every time I see her face. Completely. So Jane Lynch and Emily are arguing back and forth because Jane Lynch is the nurse in this scene and she needs Emily to fill out paperwork and Emily does not want to fill it out. And she's getting very frustrated. It comes to a point where Rory says, you know, what's going on? Have you called mom? Should I call her again? And Emily says, no, don't bother her. Whatever. Rory walks off because Emily says, go get your grandfather newspapers. And we see Emily call Lorelai at home. And it shows the home. No one's there, obviously, because we know Lorelai and Luke are on their way. But why... Do you think Emily calls Lorelai? Because she's worried she
1: is, she wants her daughter there and she's worried that Richard is going to like pass away or something and Lorelei's not going to get to, I don't know, be there for it or, mm-hmm. or what if something he does turn out okay. And then, you know, I don't,
0: it's just I, interesting that she doesn't want Rory to call her again. But yet she mm-hmm. takes the time to call her instead and doesn't tell Rory that she's calling her.
1: Because she doesn't want Rory to be too concerned, maybe. Maybe. Like, don't worry, it's not that big of a deal. Or Yeah.
0: You know? That I'm, could be. I'm like guessing, a grandmother just protecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't
1: worry about it. But, I mean, she is worried, very worried. She is. And she is... At the heart of it, she does really care that Lorelai to be there. She she wants her to be there.
0: Yeah, she needs a support system too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I agree. When Lorelai does show up, Emily is shocked. And Lorelai immediately goes into, what do you call it? It's not like crisis averted. It's her like... It, it's like how she works at the inn. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's how she works at the end. She can delegate tasks and fix problems so easily and so effortlessly that even Emily was like, you got rid of her.
1: Because How did you do that? Because she knows how to speak to people and use her humor, her Mm -hmm. wit.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she basically tells the nurse, how about I fill out the paperwork and you find someone who can tell us where my dad is. Or I can go find someone and you can stay here with my mother. (laughs) And Jane Lynch looks at her like, "Mm, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. (laughs) So it's a great moment and it adds a little bit of humor to what is otherwise like Mm -hmm. a very serious thing.
1: And just a quick side note I wanted to mention that Jane Lynch is also in The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. which is also Amy Sherman-Palladino, so that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But
1: back to the back to the program.
0: Yeah. This scene adds a little bit of lightheartedness to what is a pretty heavy situation.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see them outside of, like, Stars Hollow,
0: mm-hmm. where
1: you've got a completely whole new location. Mm-hmm.
0: It's very disorienting mm-hmm. in the right way Yeah, because you can tell – they're like, Luke and Lorelai are wandering through the hospital. Like, how do we get here? Where do we need to go? Mm-hmm. I need a sign from God to get us to where we need to be. And she hears Emily yelling at Jane Lynch. And that's how she knows where to go. <laughs> We're already feeling very chaotic to begin with. And they're really like building up this chaos in the scene by by watching them kind of flounder and figure things out. Mm-hmm. Once Lorelai has sent Jane Lynch away, Emily is still kind of processing that Lorelai is there. And she looks at Luke and she looks at Lorelai and she goes, were you on a date? (laughs) And Lorelai goes, no, I wasn't on a date. She goes, well, you have an escort. And she goes, mom, it's just Luke. It's not a date. And he was, what does he say? He's like, But she's like, well, literally like, well, I mean, it's Friday night.
1: You might, you mean you could easily be on a date. And Laura's like, no, I wasn't on a, on a date. And she's like, well, you could be. And then Luke says, well, not Not with me. me.
0: Yeah. And Lorelai's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. (laughs) That's not how I meant it. And they have like this little back and forth where she's like, I can't get back. Behind those doors, people just disappear behind those doors and no one gives me any answers. And Lorelai says, well, then let's go. And takes Emily with her Mm -hmm. beyond the restricted access doors. Luke sits down and Rory shows up and she's like, Luke, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I brought your mom, but we weren't on a date. And she's like, okay. (laughs) And she's got all these newspapers in her arms. And she says, well, where's my mom? And he tells her, she's back there with your grandma. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. And and Luke says, give your mom like five minutes back there and she'll have all the answers. Or she'll have (laughs) it all figured out. So he knows. And Rory does too. That Lorelai can get get the business done. If she needs to, she will do it. Yep. And so...
1: It's interesting because she was panicking with Luke... Mm-hmm. Playing like the little helpless victim, mm-hmm. not that I'm saying this condescendingly, I do not mean that condescendingly, right, but he took the reins and he took control of the situation, you know, kind of like helping the damsel in distress.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as soon as she sees her mom when they get to the hospital and her mom is panicking, she dropped all of that and is now is getting business done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting,
0: I agree. I think that that everybody has moments like that where it's like the anxiety builds up. Mm -hmm. And then once you're there, you can take power. It's like in a crisis situation. Yeah, it's that adrenaline starts Mm -hmm. pumping through you. And you're like, I can do this. This is no problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. But we get like this nice moment between Luke and Rory where... You know, she's very worried about what's happening, and Luke is just trying to be, like, a comfort towards her. Mm -hmm. Lorelai comes back out, and she talks to Rory, says Grandma kicked somebody out of the room with the view, and... She's calming down Rory. Yep, yep, immediately calming him down, because Rory says, I just started to get to know him, I don't want him to, and she doesn't even say the word, Mm -hmm. die. And Lorelai says, don't. He's going to be fine. Everything will be okay. And uh, Rory says, I wish I could do something, like make phone calls or get coffee. And Lorelai says, why don't you go get some coffee? And she offers to get Luke tea. And then she sends... Luke likes peppermint tea, by the way. Yes, peppermint preferably, (laughs) he says. So then Rory goes off and runs an errand. I think Lorelai knows she just needs to keep Rory busy at this point. Because Lorelai does not have all the answers and she doesn't want to admit that to Rory yet. They want to figure everything out and then go from there.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Can I say something real quick about... I just want to mention that when Emily meet, sees Luke there, she she does say, "Who is this man?"
0: Oh yeah, 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 yep. Totally. I love
1: how she says that.
0: Mm-hmm. She's
1: always she already saw Luke.
0: Yeah, she, Rory's already, birthday party. Yeah,
1: and she was like, "That man was looking at." You. She always refers to him like as this man, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what he is, Emily. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are one hundred percent correct. <laughs> That is a man. Mm -hmm. Rory is on her way to get coffee for everyone. And we are left with Luke and Lorelai sitting there on the bench. And Lorelai says, this moment really sucks. And Luke says, you have to stay positive, you know, rainbows, unicorns, (laughs) fluffy things. And she's like, and he goes, all right, I'm done. She goes, thank God. And, Somebody goes past them in a hospital bed, and clearly Luke is, like, not comfortable being at a hospital. He says the smells and stuff bother him. And, Elise, you had an interesting theory, which is one I also had, about why he would be uncomfortable at a hospital.
1: Oh, yeah. You want me to say it? Yeah. Okay, same page. Uh, (laughs) Possibly. Why he is so uncomfortable in this hospital is maybe the last time he really has been to a hospital would be when his father passed away,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. As an actor, that's what I would pick
0: Yeah, to absolutely. be my motive,
1: to be my, my follow through yeah. for emotion.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, generally, pe- I mean, maybe generally people are um, uncomfortable by hospitals just because- yeah no death occurs there but
0: yeah I think or that's bad probably. things like needles or you know yeah. being
1: sick but mm-hmm.
0: yeah no i think that's a good theory it's a solid one for sure i
1: think it's something a, a smart actor would pick
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a person is wheeled out of the room and clearly he is distraught over this
1: yeah he like leans his head back and like basically bites his knuckles. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and Lorelai's like... out. Yeah. Lorelai's <sighs> like, why don't you go home? And he's like, you want me to go? And she's like, well, you don't look so good. And he's like, yeah, I don't look good?
1: And she goes, you, you always look good. He's like, oh, yeah. He goes, no, you,
0: you don't think I look good? Yeah. And then yes. she goes, you always look good. And he's like, yeah, I do? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't mean you look good. I mean you look healthy. But right now you look, and then he goes unhealthy, and she's like, "Yeah,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's like just sitting there grinning at her. Yeah, and she goes because she's stammering. So I said you look good. It's not like we're in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And then somebody like wheels past again, and he's like, "Oh God." And she's like, that's what you get for being cocky. Because
1: <laughs> he, like. That he, made his night. Yeah, because she's basically. She basically admitted that he's hot. Mm-hmm. And even though I don't think she meant it that way in the beginning, it was more about how she started to stammer. That was mm-hmm. the dead giveaway that she does
0: think he's very, Attractive. very fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes fine f-i-n-e like a fine wine Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah okay i'm back okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) so as this conversation is rounding up the doors open the restricted access doors open and out comes richard with the transportation nurse lorelei says what's going on what's happening he goes i don't know but I'm just bringing him to his room and you can go in there with him. And then the doctor will be in shortly and you can talk to him there. And it becomes very clear that Lorelai does not want to go in there by herself, especially Mm -hmm. she's like, Oh, I'm actually just going to go look for my mother and leaves Richard alone in the room to go find Emily. Once Emily goes into the room She then says, I'm going to go find Rory. And Luke turns around and Rory's walking down the hallway. He goes, oh, wow, there's Rory. So you don't have to go find her. (laughs) And she updates Rory. Rory's like, okay, well, let's go see him. And Lorelai says, oh, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go make a phone call. And Rory goes into the room and Luke confronts her and says, go in the room. Just admit that you are afraid. And she really doesn't want to do it. And he says, well, what are you going to go do now? Go look for Jimmy Hoffa or whatever? And she's just, like, rambling to herself. I'm just going to go find some coffee. And walks away. And leaves Luke there, like, what is happening? I've never seen Lorelai afraid of something before. I think it makes him see her in a different light. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, she is not as superwoman as she seems. And I think he loves that he's getting to see this side of her. And I think this is a, a, a telling moment for their friendship and their relationship. Yeah, I think that he sees what it could be like being
1: with her mm-hmm. on a more intimate level. Mm-hmm.
0: And how and- hard her relationship really is with her parents. Mm-hmm. And not just on the outside, You know, like at a surface level, he knows that it's a tough relationship, but I think this is showing him he's actually seeing it and how much deeper it really can be.
1: I think he sees that how, I think he's always wowed by them, Mm -hmm. that he can be there for her Mm -hmm. in ways that she doesn't realize is so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it balances it out. So, and no one is really, he can see what is going on underneath it all. And he's just there standing and like, I know what's going on. Don't worry about it. I know you're avoiding to go in that room. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to make a joke about it. I'm going to speak in your language and make a, a pop culture reference. Mm-hmm. And let you know, I see what your tactics are
0: because yeah. I know
1: you. By the Mm -hmm. way, do you know that I know you?
0: Yeah, I think he's even like exposing. This is really showing me a lot more about you than you you realize right now. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's kind of like, you know who's with you right now? Me, not the teacher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not Max Medina.
0: Right, because she doesn't even call Max. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we don't know if she would have called Luke. I don't Mm -hmm. think she would have called Luke. I think it was just circumstance, you know, mm-hmm. happenstance that she was at Luke's. She probably would have called Sookie first.
1: I mean, she might have called Luke if she needed to get out there, though. Mm-hmm. Because Rory must have had the Jeep, right? Yeah.
0: Okay, Rory had the Jeep, so she need, I don't know. We're, we get to see that he is understanding the situation a little better yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In the hospital room, Rory is reading the paper to Richard and they're talking about the stocks and what's rising and what's not. Emily comes in with pillows that she said she was going to find and tells Rory that maybe they should do the rest of the paper later and she has this time with Richard. Uh, Rory exits the hospital room, goes out to see Luke. He is looking at the floor. Or wait, let me back up, because there's a very sweet moment I missed. Before Rory leaves, she goes up to Richard and says, If I give you a hug, will it hurt? And Richard says, Pain is a part of life. And that always gets me, just Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) And she exits, sees Luke. She says, Where's my mom? She's going to find coffee. She says, Okay. Okay. Luke's looking at the ground and he's like, I'm looking at my shoes. And she's like, okay, continue on. We cut back to Emily and Richard and she's getting him set up with pillows and talking about the sheets and he keeps trying to interject about the will and where the will is located and what needs to happen if he dies. And this goes into the short monologue that Kelly Bishop has where she's Like, there are a lot of things happening in this hospital tonight, but you dying is not one of them. And she goes, you are not dying tonight. You are going to live for a very long time. And as a matter of fact, I demand that I go first. And he says, all right, uh, you can go first.
1: Doesn't he say you may go first? Yeah, you may go
0: first. And she's like, I'm going to call about the sheets. Mm. So she immediately picks up the phone and he grabs her hand with both of his hands and there's just like this sweet, sweet moment between the two of them where it's so funny because I feel like we don't get a lot of moments where we get to see like this genuine mm-hmm. love and connection that Emily and Richard have. But in this moment, it says everything. Mm-hmm. And I love that.
1: And it's like just the ideal situation to want that you look at that and you're like, God, you know, if you think of yourself being older and being in that situation and having someone you love so much be there Mm -hmm. for you and like not want you to go and loving it just, it's such a wonderful scene.
0: It's so well done to the point where it's like emotional Mm -hmm. to watch and it's very sweet Especially now that we've seen the revival and we know that Richard does go first. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's just heartbreaking. Like, I remember hearing that he died, and that was before they had even announced the revival. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And it was so sad. I've only ever known him as Richard Gilmore. I didn't watch a lot of other things with him, so it was...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A tough day. I think yeah. my mom and I were very sad.
1: Oh, I bet, because I know him as Goldie Hawn's husband um, from Overboard. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like one of my favorite characters in that movie. Yeah. He goes, Joanne, I'm going hunting. I'm I'm hunting skeech because <laughs> he plays like a rich man in it. But yeah, yeah, he's so fabulous. I mean. He's kind of a father figure, so when he passed away, I'm sure that was very hard.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. It's just, it's so refreshing that this show can flip from humor to a scene like this, and it feels so seamless. It doesn't feel out of character. Mm-hmm. It just it fits together. And it's because of the characters. Like, the writing in this episode is so well done. Oh,
1: it's so great.
0: The balance that we get, like, these short little vignettes of humor, mm-hmm. and then we cut to something like this conversation between Emily and Richard, is really powerful. And it it creates, like, a good sense of balance for the heavy topics of this episode.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's really eloquent. Yes, that's exactly it. Very eloquent episode of Mm -hmm. touching on a hard topic, and you know, losing someone or your parent or your husband
0: or. I think because and you've watched Grey's Anatomy. I've watched Grey's Anatomy.
1: Not all of it, just the good seasons. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I think that really kind of ruined drama for me in TV because that show is so dramatized yeah. and this is dramatic for them, but it's not to the point where it it derails the show. Yeah. Like it still stays true to itself. It doesn't try to be something else because something dramatic has happened.
1: Yeah. And it's not over the top where... You know, when I'm trying to think back of shows that were on the WB at this time. Because, you know, it is kind of... Some shows have a hard time if they're more known to being lighthearted when they put drama in there. Mm -hmm. It feels like, what am I
0: watching? Yeah, completely. So,
1: yeah, I think there's a great balance. Mm
0: -hmm. I agree. Lorelai is now trying to get coffee out of the coffee machine. And it is not working. And Rory approaches her... And they talk about Dean. Lorelai tells her that she had a, a, a visitor this evening and she calls him narcolepsy boy, which is a callback to earlier in the episode. She tells Rory that she trusts her and she knows that nothing happened. And she's sorry, you know, they're breaking the tension and just accepting that it happened and they're moving on. Lorelai asks how the apple tarts were, and Rory says, oh, she didn't make them this year. And there's, like, this little moment of, like, really? Are you lying? And she goes, yes, through my teeth. (laughs) So clearly she was trying to make the situation better, too. It's just nice to see some resolution at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. We cut to Emily leaving the hospital room and sitting down next to Luke. And she has Richard's bow tie in her hand. She says he was wearing it. The EMTs had to take it off of him and that she just can't get herself to put it down. And Luke really tries to relate to her in this moment and says, I have my father's hardware shop. I left it just as he did. And she says he would be really proud of you, I'm sure. And he goes, no, he would think I'm crazy. Emily gets started in on... I'm not sure what Lorelai told you about her father, but he really is a good man. And Luke assures Emily that that's exactly what she said. And part of me wonders if in that moment, if the tables were reversed, Emily is thinking to herself, well, what would she have said about me? If this would have happened after I uninvited her to the Christmas party. Oh, You know, like, how would she have felt about Emily in that Mm -hmm. moment? And I think she thinks, if she says Richard is a good man, what could she possibly think of me? After their conversation about holding on to things, Emily confronts Luke and says, what is exactly going on with you and my daughter? And she's not
1: accuse it like she's no. not
0: coming off threatening no she's just curious and luke says there's nothing going on we're just friends and it takes him aback too mm-hmm. yeah and emily says you're idiots both of you the
1: both of you
0: mm-hmm. i love that how she says that and luke is kind of like what he knows yeah and i think he's shocked that she can pick up on it too but it is obvious. It
1: is. And I think also what's interesting is that Luke is able to talk to every single one of these Gilmore girls. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. The mother, the daughter, he can keep and his up love with interest.
1: Yep. And he knows how to balance and help each one of them. Because mm-hmm. he calms down Emily. Absolutely. And he lets her know that,
0: you know... I care for all of your Gilmore mm-hmm. girls and I'm here for all of you. Let me know what I can do. Like he's very, Cause he's he, making em- himself approachable.
1: Yeah. Cause like Emily feels bad. Cause she's like, I told him to tighten up this bow tie and he tightened it so tight. And you know, he's calming her down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice.
0: It's a genuine moment between the two of them.
1: Yeah. and I think that, I think there's a lot of feelings going on with Emily, too. I didn't think of her thinking that what would Lorelai think of me if the the, the shoes were, were switched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd have to, like, meditate on that a little bit more before I expand on it. Mm-hmm. I think that there certainly has to be an element to that where she feels like an asshole. And mm-hmm. it puts her, things in a perspective for herself. As well as I think Lorelai had to put this
0: fight in perspective, too. Absolutely. So. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I agree. Emily ends her conversation with Luke, and Lorelai comes back. And she's standing outside the door, and Luke says, what are you going to do? And you can clearly tell she's having a hard time deciding, am I going to go into the room? Am I going to just wait out here? What am I going to see when I go into the room? Like, what is he going to look like? And she's having a very hard time, and Luke assures her, like, I'll be out here when you need me. Lorelei decides that she's going to go into the hospital room, and Richard is, like, kind of in and out a little bit. And she stands at the foot of the bed, and when he opens his eyes, there's this moment between the two of them where they're just looking at each other. And it almost looks like she's about to say, like, Dad, before Emily and rory and the doctor come rushing in
2: mm-hmm.
0: so often i forget that she probably was a daddy's girl even though she says she didn't have like a relationship with her dad where he brought her dolls and barbies or whatever Took her to the circus mm-hmm. and i think she still was very close to her dad
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's it is like a very jarring experience to see someone that you look at as like a strong person look so small. Mm-hmm. And it was a really sweet moment. Lauren Graham's eyes, man, they I just. Know.
1: She's so good at the um, tears in the eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the eyes. just like before you start actually crying.
0: She's right. really, really good at that. And the doctor comes in and says it was just a case of angina. Everything is fine. Angina is a type of chest pain caused by reduced blood flow to the heart. It is a symptom of coronary artery disease, which is why they say the exercise and diet. Yep. You can't have heavy desserts, heavy meals. And so on and so forth. So this is where Emily's going to start up with her salmon kick. Yes. Yep. Yep. And so they are, everything's fine. Lorelai leaves the room while they're all still kind of fussing over him. It's an
1: unspoken thing, though, because that Richard keeps on looking at Lorelai as they all fuss over him. Yeah. So there isn't, and she looks at him and then she kind of slowly backs out of the room. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's something unspoken that he's saying, I know. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. And I love you. Mm-hmm. And they didn't need to say it. They just said it through their eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Very dramatic, but,
0: but so not overplayed beautiful. either. Yeah, no. No, it's not like Grey's Anatomy drama. This is like yeah. real life. Like... Yeah. hmm
1: There's no dramatic music coming in. and Right.
0: Yeah. Which... I will say I do love about this show, is that they do not rely on music to make you feel things. Yes,
1: yeah, because it's a lot.
0: quiet a lot of the time, and Cause I, you, and that's like even in documentaries,
1: right? Right. Yeah, because you'll be watching it. I'm like, wait, am I, am I feeling something because of this, just because of how the documentary did the music? Mm-hmm. You know. Well, so. even in
0: movies, it's like, oh, sure. Yeah. Well. I mean, <laughs> Yeah.
1: I love a good soundtrack too, believe me. Yeah. And it, it is everything. But the, yes, that is a strong suit for Gilmore Girls. They do not rely on music to tell the story. If they do have music in there, it is more
0: of an upbeat thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not very long. Right, right. I just think it's so beautifully done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: As she backs out, she's out in the hallway alone. And around the corner comes Luke with a cup of coffee and says, he's not the only one that can flirt. He got it from the nurse's station. She leans into him and says, everything's okay. He's fine. And she starts crying. And they have this really great moment where she just immediately, like, melts into him and he kind of makes a joke like this is you know the moment where the man would hand the woman the hanky but I think that's like gross and he says I'm here what else can I do for you and she says I just need you to take Rory home and the first thing he says is well what about you agrees to take Rory home and Rory comes out and says why don't you go home with Luke call Dean on the phone talk all mushy to each other whatever Luke takes her goes home, and out of the room then comes Emily. And it's Lorelai and Emily left on the bench. And Emily immediately asks, where did Rory go? And she says, well, I had Luke take her home. I'm going to stay here. And Emily is very surprised by that. And I think that is Lorelai extending the olive branch. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here in case anybody needs something. She makes it very clear that Emily would not need anything. Yeah. It would be anybody else in the hospital.
1: Yeah, because she wants to, it's their banter of being like, don't worry, mom. Like, I'm not staying because of you, but you know that I'm staying because of you. Right, exactly. Because I, you know, but Mm -hmm. in a sweet way. Yes. And like that, Emily's in on the joke with her. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: They decide they're going to go downstairs and get something in the cafeteria and kind of unwind because Richard's starting to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So they're staying there to support him and each other, really. I mean, I think Lorelai wants to be there in case something happens. Mm -hmm. And I think she wants to be there for her mother, too.
1: I think that's great. I think that the show, it ends really full circle because the problem was that Lorelai didn't get to go to dinner. Mm -hmm. She wasn't invited. Mm -hmm. Or she was uninvited. And Emily's upset about it. And Lorelai's upset about it. And they are the two main focuses in this episode. Mm -hmm. And I would say supporting-wise Luke. Yeah. For the main characters we look for. Absolutely. But it ends in a full circle that Lorelai and Emily get to go have dinner together. Mm-hmm. which is really
0: cool. I love that. And how it's very nonchalantly done.
1: And it Well, it just took Richard almost dying.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. I take back what I said about nonchalant. <laughs> That's all. But sometimes it does take a big moment like that yeah. to bring people together. Sure, yeah. So in that way, it's realistic. It's just good to see them connecting again.
1: I know, I love it. I love when they're in like. The- Together happy.
0: Me too. So we actually end at Luke's diner. Lorelei comes in with a gift for Luke.
1: It must have been like a couple of days later or something. Yeah. yeah. Time has passed. hmm.
0: She comes in with a gift and it's a blue hat. It's his icon- iconic blue hat that he wears on the rest of the series, pretty yeah, much.
1: Until like he. And Lorelai have their issues or whatever Mm -hmm.
0: Towards the end. And she puts it on him and he's really happy. And then she notices the processional practice is starting for the Christmas pageant. And she says, turn off the lights. It's really beautiful out. And he's like, why do we need to watch this? Why do they even need to practice? It's the same thing every year. And she's like, because it's beautiful. And they're standing there, and she says, "The hat looks." He says, "Thank you for the hat." Okay. And she says, "The hat looks really good on you." And he says, "Good how?" And she's like, "Just watch the procession." Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's how it ends.
1: Very full circle. This writing is so good. I know it's so full circle because we discussed this already a while back, but.
0: The beginning of the episode, Rory doesn't know what to
1: get Dean. Right. For a gift.
0: Oh, my God, Elise. How fucking dare you? Oh, my God. I just said that for <laughs> I,
1: I did it. I've done it a lot lately.
0: How dare you make a connection that I did not make from the beginning I of thought, this episode? Wait, I thought you we and I discussed n- it. No. I thought I discussed that with you. No, you did not. How dare you? <laughs> Please go on. <laughs>
1: Rory didn't know what to get Dean. And we never see what Rory gets Dean. So that's not really the point. The whole point that they brought that up, because Rory wasn't a main player in this episode. Not really. She's kind of been the main focus for a lot of the episodes thus Mm -hmm. far. So I feel like her little interaction at the very beginning, right during credits was lane telling her you know it matters what you get a person it matters if you like them that tells them that what they what they need to know about your relationship how you feel about them and getting him a book just you know is like getting a football that's something that you like not him so we never get to see what rory gets him i would love to know that's not the point the point is at the end Lorelai got Luke a gift that meant something to him. She picked up the right. It's something so simple. It's amazing.
0: I wish you could see my jaw is <laughs> on the floor. I'm I so. I we
1: talked. I'm
0: so mad. Maybe
1: I saved that because I wanted to see what you thought. Maybe I didn't talk to you I've about it. I watched
0: this, this freaking episode Probably 20 times. And I've never made that connection.
1: Because I think probably that beginning part is so, so much happens in this episode that you forget that, that Christmas is even a thing. That is absolutely it. And that, that beginning with Rory and Lane is so small. It doesn't have, you know, I am furious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm so mad, but like, in the that's best the way. writing though. That is the writing, man. I'm telling you
1: that was really clever. Cause I was sitting there and I think as I watched this episode a couple of times and I was sitting there and I was thinking, God, what is, why did they bring up what Rory was going to get him a gift like for a gift if we're not going to see it, right? you know? And then I was like, Oh, the point was what Laura like gets Luke. Yeah, I hate you. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I mean, join the team. Yeah, (laughs) me too. Oh,
0: what a great way to end the episode. I
1: love. I love this episode. And I. I, Me too. How did I forget about this?
0: We are on such a good kick of these episodes. Yep, we're gonna. I'm so excited. Episode
1: eleven is gonna be next.
0: Oh yes, that's a good one too. Oh, we gotta do town meeting. Okay. All right. We are getting ahead of ourselves because I'm, like, <laughs> so jazzed about this, like, revelation. <laughs> but that brings us to the end of forgiveness and stuff. And uh, we will now transition into our town meeting. We did it last week was our first one. And yes. I really hope that you enjoy my husband's Taylor Dozy impression.
1: It was great. It's, I love
0: it. It's something else. <laughs> <laughs> We call this town meeting to order. For this town meeting, we have a few corrections we would like to address. First, in the last episode, we said 12 men or 12 hours. And I think we got confused.
1: Yeah, it was just 12 men. I don't think that they stood outside for 12 hours. I think they just specified
0: they stayed all all night night. yep so we just want to make that correction
1: that was in love and war and snow not the last episode correct thank you
0: so now we're correcting the correction good yes (laughs) (laughs) we are currently working on getting some videos out there we're I wouldn't say we're working on the videos themselves but we're developing the idea behind it Mm -hmm. so we can have like a more visual experience with the podcast as well I can't say that that will happen during season one I think we're going to play around with it in season one but really commit to it in season two Mm -hmm. Uh, we are also I'm still working on the books and movies and getting the music situated so we'll keep you updated with that And I think that's it as far as town hall announcements go. Yeah, I mean. Uh, But we did have 10 pop culture references in this episode. No new Kirk jobs, um, although he did play Joseph in the Christmas pageant. Another hobby. Another hobby, yes. Second hobby. Correct. So we're slowly enjoying Kirk as we go here. Mm -hmm. He's like a fine wine. Yes. He's like a Uh, port. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Next week's episode, episode 11, will put us over the halfway point then. Mm, What's the title again? Paris is Burning. Paris is Burning. This is a Max Medina episode. It's a pretty Max-heavy episode. It's going to be an interesting one. (laughs) I don't think this is a fan favorite. I think it's great exploring relationship-wise. But I, I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah, I, yeah. So we'll, we'll just see. leave it at that. So next week is Paris is Burning. I, I think it's going to be fun. I do too. I love hanging on Max. So, Yeah, it's one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> it's, it's my hobby. Yeah. Love to see the comments on our pop culture videos. So thank you to those of you that comment and let us know what you like. Uh, Any corrections because yeah. they
1: happen. We make mistakes. It absolutely
0: so. happens. Uh, But we love that you guys are loving that. We are going to try to do things that are a little bit more involved for the episodes to get some interaction going on that front. And, uh, yeah, we're just trying to expand and work and have fun. Have fun. That's the biggest thing. And we hope that you guys are enjoying listening to it, that you feel like you're here with us, because it is fun just to sit here and talk about Gilmore Girls and i find myself listening to the episodes and still laughing at them so maybe i'm conceited but it's fun
1: <laughs> i'm listening them to them and being like wow okay this is how i can improve um on the podcast but maybe just in my life too yeah so it's a nice
0: yeah absolutely but... self reflection is always good yeah. So please make sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram. Mm -hmm. We are underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. We'd love to see you at both so we can, you know, party. Party, yeah. And just like enjoy the show together.
1: Yeah. Come on losers, get in.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. See
1: you next time. Bye.